we will start by mentioning Battle Bards. We have a, a lot of fun coming up with what to say for Battle Bards. I just don't like it to be the same every single time. But you can, if you have something written down, you can still play around that. That's what I'm doing. You kind Oof. of listen to the sound effects that I'm making. I can make them even better with battle bards. Because <laughs> they're going to get that wink on the podcast. <laughs> wink. Yeah. Thane was like, "Look what I can do." Winky sound. Wink- <laughs> yeah. Winky. Ding. <laughs> That's what I'll do. I'll find a winking sound effect. <laughs> That's probably not going to be from battle bards. <laughs> New. Want to make sure you know about Battle Bards? Go to BattleBards.com to check out all their sound effects. They have all sorts, and they just added the Plate Mail Collection, which adds guns and all sorts of other sound effects that you can add to your games. And if you sign up for a Prime account, you'll have access to your sounds by streaming. And if you use our code STACK, you'll get a 20% discount on signing up for a Prime subscription. BattleBards.com, check them out. We also... Our affiliates with Dice Envy, go to DiceEnvy.com, check out their really neat dice. They have beautiful dice to pick from. And if you use the special link that's in our show notes, you will actually help our show. We'll get a small percentage of the amount that you pay for those dice, and we can use that to fold it back into the show. Please help us out and go get yourself some nice new dice at DiceEnvy.com. Speaking of which... We have someone at this table who has been envious of others' dice, and it just so happened to have been his birthday recently. So we are going to allow you to pick a set of dice from Dice Envy, and we're gonna, <laughs> we will pay for it, and we want you to have a good birthday present. So if you will just take a moment to go to DiceEnvy.com and check it out. I want you to actually pick a set, and we'll, okay. we'll post okay. the picture. Okay. But not now. Later. Like after the, after the recording. Okay. But I, I, I did want to say what kind you're getting. Like right now? Oh, I mean, I don't know. So we'll just cut out all this nonsense. Yeah, we'll just cut out all of this. <laughs> let's see. Let's Mice sort by envy. price, descending order, and <laughs> <laughs> I want the ivory ones. I went to Mice Envy, but it's really not showing me anything else to do. <laughs> yeah, be careful. <laughs> Mice Denvy. Ooh. Oh. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Meredith is singing you a song to accompany your shopping. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Let me just sort by expense. Yes, that's what I said. expensive one. <laughs> you know, I have not been taking into account my healing spell bonus thing because of my life domain. I sh- you guys should be getting even more hit points, but what? I don't. I don't care. So. Aww. Five hours later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. What are we gonna do? You're gonna be upset. No, I'm not. I like the gunmetal dice. The Why metal are we ones? Upset about that? Yeah, gunmetal. Why is that bad? <laughs> because it's pretty expensive. Well, the most expensive ones on there are like 30 bucks. 35. Are you sure? I, I forget. Why? How much are the gunmetal ones? 100 and. Um, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen anything about You pick $35. what you want to pick. Yeah, that's it. That's what I want. The gunmetal? Gunmetal dice set. 
All right. And so what we'll do is we will post a picture of that so that everyone can see what you're going to get. And then when you get them, we'll take some pictures letting you have your inaugural role. I will send you the picture now. Congratulations on being born. (laughs) Thank you. Glad it came out okay. Yes, I was born 32 years ago. (laughs) Plus some other digits. Plus some other years. (laughs) Uh, Wait a minute. Plus double digits. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations. And pretty soon you should have your own set of dice from DiceEnvy.com. We hope you like them. And may they roll well for you, but not too well, because I want this game to be challenging. (laughs) There's lots of ways to contact us. If you're interested in following us in social media, we have a Twitter feed and an Instagram page, both using the at stackodice handle. Our email address, if you want to contact us that way, is stack.o.dice at gmail.com. We have a wiki, vardalon.wikia.com. And however you listen to us, if there's a way for you to leave feedback, we'd love to hear from you that way. Leave us a review, a rating, and let us know what you think of our show. We'd love to hear from you that way. Our question to start us off. As of this episode, we've been traveling through the world of Vardalon for 40 weeks. Like We have or the characters have? We have. <clears throat> okay. We have. What has been the worst part of the podcasting experience for you? And what has been the best part of the podcasting experience for you? Got it. Thane, why don't you start us off? Okay. I have the same answer for both questions, <laughs> and that is the beginning. The, the, be- the beginning was the absolute worst because that was when I had absolutely no clue how to podcast, and I'm still working on how to talk. Bear with me, folks. Uh, but also, it was pretty cool because... That was when we really just like got this thing kicked up, started up. I, you know, finally got all of our months of planning underway. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Meredith, best and worst. Three years later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose the. Early days were the worst just because I was very self-conscious about how little I knew about not only podcasting, but just Dungeons and and Dragons in general. I felt bad, and you guys were very patient with me and said it was all good, but inside I felt very, uh, I felt like I was holding us up. Or, you know, not doing it right. Yeah. But I kind of, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. But I mean, I, I guess that was the worst. And even that wasn't that bad. Um, the best part about the podcasting experience, um, hearing from the listeners, I guess. I always like to hear from the listeners. I loved it when we uh, got my first fan art was of me. It was so cool. This little girl, uh, a daughter of a friend of ours from college was listening, and she really connected with Tira and drew an awesome picture of my face. It was great. So that was that was definitely a high point. And, um, thanks, any, Kira. Yeah, thanks, Kira. Anytime we hear from our listeners and they say, wow, that was really great, or oh, I love this one episode, or I love this moment, or this thing that you guys did that was so cool – Makes me happy. Yeah. And really, I think what we've heard is most people identify with you 
because you're new to the game. So a lot of people that have corresponded with us on Twitter have mentioned the fact that they like that you are new because it helps it helps it to feel accessible to them. And so I think that's been actually a very good thing. It may have felt awkward, but I think you've adapted to yeah, it very well. Not for very long. And yeah, I've noticed your comfort level has just shot up <laughs> over the last 40 weeks, 40 weeks, almost a year. Yeah, We're only three, three months away from being a year. Wow. I identify strong with Tira because of my unquenchable, undying, unending rage. Okay. Yours or Peter's? <laughs> Cut that out, please. No. Nope. Michael, what do you have? The worst part of this podcast for me is traffic. Yeah. Yeah. And the best thing about this podcast, I think, is everything. I've really enjoyed it the entire time. This is actually my favorite character I've ever played. I've only played three before this one. Two. Two before this one. No, three. No, three. Yes, three. (laughs) And, um, but this is my favorite. Uh, I like his character. I like his uh, his abilities. I like I like I, I like I like playing him. Yeah, it seemed like a natural fit right from the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. seemed like you, I guess, just like a perfect fit for. Yeah, it's probably the smell and the unkeptness. Yeah, and all of generally those things. Speaking, the long right. hair. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Living out in the in the wild. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These are all all like me. You do. All me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think for me, the worst part is probably just having to keep up with the schedule. It's been easier than I thought it would be, but not even editing, isn't editing like a lot. Editing can be a lot, but I'll get to that. Um, He's got a list. (laughs) These are the 10 top 10 worst. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really just knowing that every couple of weeks or so, And sometimes when we've had to really cram a bunch in all at once, I feel like I'm kind of flapping a bit and that's hard to come up with stuff like that. But even on the occasions where you've gone somewhere that I wasn't expecting, we've been able to adapt it. And I think it's fit with the story pretty well. So even that's not a huge thing. You mentioned editing, but I actually think that's become part of my favorite part of this. Mm. Um, I know Meredith hears too much from me about it while I'm sitting there at my desk, uh, But really, the first pass is the worst because that's me having to slog through everything and identify where stuff comes out. And I'll probably have a special episode about the podcast editing aspect of it some other time. But really, once the first and second pass are done and I get to that third one where I get to lay in the sound effects, that's where it gets fun because the music helps to bring scenes to life. The sound effects help to accentuate what's going on in the story, and it's just fun. So, yeah, it typically takes seven to ten hours to do one one-hour episode. Mm. But once it's done, and it's all scheduled to release, and it actually drops on time, we've had one that was late, mm. and that was late by three hours. It feels good. It feels like I've accomplished something. So that's really been my highlights and lowlights. I have a question for yeah, you. What's Will that? you ever release one unedited? Oh. I was thinking about that just yesterday, I think. Just to, just to show people the difference between one <laughs> nicely uh, manicured and then one free-for-all. Director's cut. You know what? <laughs> Why don't we do that with this one? I'll do a rough cut. Okay, so I have to use all the profanity now. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's getting cut. <laughs> I'll do a rough cut of us just dropping it. And then I'll do the one right after it to show what it's like when it's clean. That's not a bad idea. You're going to do a little disclaimer, though. Say, hey, listen, just we thought it would be fun for you to hear everything that happens. This is an unedited copy of the original. And go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why don't I go ahead and say that now? <laughs> Before we start this episode, we want to let you know that this is going to be a completely untouched version of what you'll hear later. Uh, we're going to drop this as the director's cut, not even a cut. It's just what we did. <laughs> and then we will clean it up and post it and we'll see what happens. See what you think. If you have any ideas about the difference between the two, or maybe you just like it completely uncut and untouched. Let's see. All right. Before we begin, let me take off my clothes. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> You're going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh, you can always count on Michael. <laughs> Separate disclaimer. You may not want your kids to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, see, you shouldn't have said that because that makes it sound like we aren't family friendly and we're just cleaning yeah, it yeah, up yeah, for yeah. the podcast. I'll be cutting some of this out. Yeah. Well, I think that was good for us to talk about. I think it was good for us to um, think about the highs and lows. And it, it's been a while since we did we did a, an episode 10 retrospective. Maybe we should think about doing that soon, doing another one, just to think about where we've been and things that you're enjoying about the game itself. Um, but let's keep those things in mind as we head into this week's episode. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Vardalon. Hello stackers, I'm Rhett, the Dungeon Master of this 5th edition. Dungeons and Dragons adventure set in the homebrewed world of Vardalon with me is Meredith as Tyr Ironstag, Michael as Womberbesh Benson Mum, Thane as Peter Greyhawk. After leaving the wreckage of the wonderful apparatus behind on the warm white sands of a foreign coast, Tira, Bash, and Peter found themselves surrounded by impenetrable jungle. Following an ancient roadway, the party discovered the ruins of an ancient temple with stone figures bowing toward the northwest for an unknown reason. While the party was examining the place, they were set upon by a pack of wild animals. It didn't take much to send the pack running, but now night is coming on and some of the party are wounded. Who's ready to tell a story? Me! Me. Peter. Yes. The sounds of the jungle lull you into a fitful sleep. At first, you're still badly keyed up from the fight, and you find yourself starting from time to time with the odd rustle outside your shelter, or a sudden movement from another party member inside the ancient stonework. But your hand reaches at last into your bag of star stones, and your stirring subsides. Through the blackness behind your eyes, you see a white light ahead. It beckons to you, growing brighter and larger. The warmth washes over you, holds you, 
and you hear a voice whispering to you. The light is too bright for you to make out anything at first, but as your eyes adjust, you find yourself looking at a baby on a table with a heavily scarred wooden surface. In the manner of dreams, the room seems somehow familiar, yet not at all. From outside this room, you hear harsh sounds, yelling, metal clashing against metal, heavy thuds against a thick beam door, splintering wood. Inside, a fear arises, a pain of loss. The door sags open, and an armed man wearing a shield with the sign of the mortar and pestle charges through the gap, panting with exertion. You immediately recognize Physic Comfrey, though the vision you see is much younger than you've ever known him to be. Behind him is the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Her face is an unhealthy white, accentuated all the more because of the black circles under her eyes. She clutches at her side and leans against the doorframe. The man glances around as if expecting to hear something in the hall and says, Are you sure? This is the one? She nods wearily and he slides his arms carefully under the screaming infant, lifting the gray swaddling cloths into place. The three leave the room through the shattered door, and you begin to slide out of your dream. You drift back through blinding white light, through inky blackness, and you find yourself flying swiftly over a vast, smooth metal surface. It all seems to pull away from you, dropping away. In your mind's eye, you see the entirety revealed. A large mask of smooth metal, one eye milky white, the other jet black. A heavy whisper reaches your consciousness. Come back. Come back. I am not done with you. Then there is laughter, and you find yourself sitting up, staring with wide eyes at the glowing embers of a campfire in the ancient stone temple. A night breeze rustles the broad leaves of the jungle's trees, and the last sibilant echoes of a lost word fades from your mind. Whoa. Okay. Who wants Did he pancakes? sit up suddenly? Or? Yes, with a gasp. Oh. Movie Peter. style. I, I, <laughs> Movie style, yeah. Peter, what's the matter? Hey, I uh, ha- had a dream. Not a very good one from the looks of you. No, hang on a second. I, it's coming to me in pieces. It does seem to be fading from your mind. There was... There was... Comfrey and a woman with a, with a baby. And then I saw a mask. Well... It just sounds like a dream, Peter. Thump releases a scent of honeysuckle and something about the heavy, sweet smell in the night air begins to calm your nerves a little bit. He puts a hand on your shoulder. Thanks, Wump Stump Crack Thump. Were we talking about anything in particular around the fire before he woke up? Things were kind of trailing off. The fire is a pile of glowing embers and... I think you all were basically trying to settle down for the night. By the way, Asimres and Bakongo are both lying on their backs, their mouths hanging open, and they're snoring. <laughs> they're just gone. 
I'm going to pick up a spider and just like <laughs> <laughs> drop it in their his mouth. Hey, useful on average eight spiders a year. Yeah. I'm just gonna find eight spiders and uh, <laughs> you're done. You met your quota. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anything else that you want to talk about or do? I'm assuming Tira assumes that he just had a bad dream. It sounds like people he knows and you know people dream about people they know. And I'm not super concerned about it. So I'm just going to go back to winding down and going to bed. Yeah. The flickering light in this room, again, it's definitely lessened since the fire has been burning, but you do see from time to time that it catches on the edges of some of the bow relief, some of that, the carvings on the inner part that are much more defined than on the exterior Mm -hmm. of the building. And you see little faces leering at you from the shadows from time to time as a result. Um, but it's it feels about as safe as you possibly can in this area of the world. I feel fine. I'm in a stone building. Woo-hoo. That's true. Very good. Anything else you want to say or do, Bash? Are you just content to go to sleep? Yes. Okay. You all end up slipping into sleep, but it's not a comfortable sleep. Oh. <sighs> well, for you, maybe it is. Yeah. Tira, since you're sleeping on stone. Yeah. But the rest of you toss and turn. And while you don't take a level of exhaustion, you do not get a full rest. Basically about six hours of sleep. The discomfort of being on the stone does not permit you to get your full hit points or side points back. And Michael is unfazed. (laughs) (laughs) He's busy doing research over here. He's not even paying attention. He's doing research. You stir from whatever modicum of rest you got the night before. Under the darkness of the trees, it takes longer for it to appear light in the morning. But there comes a moment when it seems like the animals begin to pick up. It's morning time. Uh, Are there any preparations you want to make? Well, what do we do now? Where, where are we supposed to go now? We've lost our transportation over distances. We're stuck in a jungle. I, I really don't know where we are in relation to where we're trying to go. Where do those statues point again? The bowing statues? To the northwest. How's about we go north and west? Why don't you pull out the map again, Peter? Where were we trying to go? I've forgotten <laughs> forgotten where we're trying to go. Meredith has forgotten. Yes, Tira hasn't forgotten, but I have. We're trying to get to uh, Tuanue in Dalhuin. Let me see. Can we find our... How do we know where we are on this map? Doesn't it show our our track? As a color swatch. Okay. I assume it kind of like starts kind of in the middle, goes to the east, and then goes around south and bends around a bit, but how far around south does it go? Your color swatch, again, it looks like spreading watercolors out from the path where you've been. You see where you made landfall at Abendale. And then there's a short line straight to the southeast from there. Then it follows your fairly straight route to a certain point. And then it's a slightly curving line that heads due to the west. And now you see that your location is approximately on the peninsula of Daohuin. Are you... What? Okay. So we're here <laughs> we're now. We're there. <laughs> the we're current, there. We the current. made it, Commander. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> Pedal to the metal, Commander. 
the current apparently bore you a great distance. If you had been using the apparatus as it was intended to be used, you would have been you would have had to go around some significant land masses, but that tunnel was a shortcut through. Perfect. Awesome. All right, so where are we then? We're where's, in Daohuin. But where's Tuonue from here? Well, I assume it it's, should be one of the stars, right? Or wasn't that one of the jewels? I assume we yeah we just head further inland. Probably follow well, these statues. Look on the map and see where Tuonue is in, in relation to us. Your color swatch shows that you're approximately northeast of the star. Oh. Ah. So we just head southwest on the airline? Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's get our things packed up and get moving. For okay. Peter, that's not such a big deal. You're orderly and neat each night. And of course, none of you has a lot of stuff. But you gather your things, and within a few minutes, you're all ready to go. Uh, you can see a Simmery scribbling on some scrap of paper, and he tucks it away into his voluminous robes. Are some of us injured? Oh, that's right. Yes. I mean, I'm only missing one hit point. I forget what my injury was. Hangnail? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> With one hit point. Uh, you got bit by one of the beasts. Oh, yeah. In fact, all three of you did. I took some damage, but seeing as I lost my previous character sheet, I've kind of... You're at one hit point then. I'm at one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're almost dead. <laughs> no, you were probably yeah. down, let's say, three hit points. Three hit points? Oh, okay. Well, I just rolled a, a D8 to kind of randomly determine, and it came up seven. Okay. Then you're down seven. Oh, shoot. You shouldn't have said that. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah. The DM appreciates it and will reward you with being down seven hit points. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get my hopes up like that. So maybe Peter should attend to his injured friends before we get on the road. Just so you remember, everyone except for Tira did not get a long rest the night before. So wait, you so get... I don't have one hit point down then. I got a long rest. <laughs> Wamberbash only took one point of damage. And I, tem- I erased all my temporary hit points that I gained, so... That's still a crazy ability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is kind of broken, in my opinion. And you get a plus four, right? Because of your... Like, every single time. and then Intelligence if I, modifier? Yeah, and then if I also expel side points, I get that also. Anyway. Crazy. So immortal. I, the life of an immortal. <laughs> <laughs> now, everyone who, who listens to this is going to want to play an immortal mystic. Here we are. My friend at school is... Is a cleric multiclassing with a mystic because nice. of this podcast. Oh, wow. That's right. Cool. He is. See, you're inspiring young generations to be an immortal. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you so gathered I'm, your stuff. Peter, what are you going to do to help? I'm laying on hands, zing on, on myself. <laughs> laying on hands. On yourself. Heal myself. This I, job. I, I just go. And he incurs additional point of damage. (laughs) You hit yourself too hard. What if I cast Cure Wounds on my hand, but then slapped somebody with that hand? There's only one way to find out. (laughs) There goes your charisma score. (laughs) Tira, come here. You. Okay, so you heal yourself. So that's that's laying on hands. So I've got 15 hit points to deal out. So I'm just going to... Do you have spell slots, by the way? Yes, I have six. I see. But you've used some of them. Yeah, but I also don't know how many I <laughs> used. All but, all but one. All but one spell slot has been used? No. 
Let's I, say I, I remember three guiding bolts, if I'm not mistaken. Is that is that are those spell slots? Yeah. I thought I think I, th- I think it was three. Guiding bolt. Emperor Palpatine just left the room. <laughs> Unlimited <laughs> power. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're all ready. Are you going to do anything else for anyone else? I'm going to high five Bomber Bash. <laughs> Send him those positive vibes. Okay. And then I'm going to say, Shaman! You step out of the safety of your stone shelter. Domicile. Your edifice. Abode. You, as you step out, the sounds of the jungle press in on you more than when you were inside. It seems intensely elevated. The sounds of bugs and rustling and the breeze blowing through the trees and so forth. You have the say as to where you go next. I'm sort of um, back toward the back of the of the of the group, just sort of minding my own business. I suppose we're ho- heading southwest, correct, to track towards Two on Away. Whatever direction the map is. So that mean we're in. does that mean we're heading deeper into the jungle or? At first, yes. At first, yes. All right, I'm gonna. How how thick is the? undergrowth and whatnot are we having a hard time getting through it it's very thick there was no obvious path here if you're just going to go straight to the southwest yeah mm-hmm. you're gonna have to force your way through so axes swords you're gonna have right. to be I chopping gonna say, vegetation right I, I, I call back to bash and say hey bash why don't you come up here with that panabas and am, and help us cut through the the growth i'm beating through the undergrowth with my mates yeah <laughs> <laughs> what does mace be really any good? Nope, it might nope. just knock it aside no, a little I, bit. I, I, just use it to, I just use it like one of those honey. I think I think Bash's Panabis is probably the most effective. Like an axe, I'm not sure. I mean, although it is double bladed, so I could go back and forth. No, the, no, the Panabis isn't. It's only one. It's no, only no, my axe. Oh is. yeah, yeah. My Panabis is probably the best. If I'm not mistaken, but yeah, but you could just go. Whoosh, I think whoosh. I think a Panabis I think was used for. It was it, kind of like a machete yeah, exactly. in the Philippines. Yeah, so right. you should come up with your Panabis and. Machete. I'm over here using my mace like one of those honey wands, just like twirling, or like a, a like a fork in spaghetti, just like twirling it up. It's twirling up the grass, just throwing it aside. This is going to be the smoothest path. Okay, so you're topping your way through. Yes. It takes you a long time. Your progress is slowed considerably. I'm going to do a roll here. All right. You startle a tiger. <gasps> just kidding oh oh I was like I was like cool a fight with a tiger but no no I was about to be like I'm gonna skin that thing and wear him <laughs> what okay you cut for about an hour and you make maybe a half mile's worth of progress it's thick and you're having to be careful it gets slick every now and then and then you cut uh, Tira you bring your axe up for what feels like the thousandth time bring it down some creepers fall away and you see what looks like a a little used but definitely you can see an immediate difference a path that seems to lead roughly westward oh finally it feels much different than what you've been through all right finally let's maybe we can make some progress you follow the path the line of the path it roughly follows you hear water trickling in that brush to your left. Anyone need to fill their water skins? I'm sorry. Can we even get to that water or is it like... You can. Okay. Sorry. You have to to fight through the brush to get to it because it gets thicker as you get closer to the water. But once you're there, it's... It appears to be... It's not cold water, but it is clear. Okay. 
And as you get down to the water, you can hear more sounds of things scampering away to get away from you. You see a snake disappearing into the undergrowth. <laughs> nice. I'm going to fill up my water bladder with some toasty water. Yeah, it tastes fine. It's just warmer than perhaps you're used to right. from the mountain streams in Arden. Yeah, jungle water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, back to the Something path. died upstream. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> Better boil it. Okay, yeah, back to the trail. Your mm-hmm. water skins are full, and Bakongo is wiping his brow. He's used to hot weather, but he sweats freely. This is hot even for me. I'm not used to this type of heat either. Let's just keep moving. The faster we get there, the better. The faster we move, the faster we die of heat stroke. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) What? You make your way, and eventually it does begin to bow more toward the south, and then more to the west, and then south. And you find yourself doing a little zigzag pattern. And then at last, you see lightness, the... The green goes from a dark, dusky green to a lighter green, and then up ahead you can see sunlight falling into a clearing. It's a trap. Stepping out into the clearing, you can see rude-looking little buildings. They're obviously homes, and it's a settlement. Looks like the roofs are made out of um, dry grasses. The walls are made out of perhaps wood that's been daubed over with mud. You can see some people working out in the village you can hear the ringing of what sounds like a blacksmith's hammer banging on something mm-hmm. you can hear horses snorting and then somewhere at the far end of the clearing you can hear oxen lowing as they're pulling a plow so they're trying to make the most out of this clearing space as possible check the map peter is this tuonue doesn't look like it I have look you ever been there well the jewels of Edelin, you would expect that a jewel of Edelin would be a city, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe I not. Pull up my map. You're still some distance away from the star. As you approach this little, I guess, settlement, I'll call it a village. The huts, which are roughly circular, maybe a little elongated to look more like a football than an American football, <laughs> than, uh, than a circle. Uh, with a with the doors all facing toward the inner part of this village. And there appears to be a central building, again, roughly constructed, but of nicer materials, this one, than the rest of the buildings. And you can see the sunlight glinting off of things embedded in the outer wall of this building. Mm-hmm. Entering the village, you can see people wearing broad hats made out of what look like reeds that have been woven together. Any of you would be happy to have a hat like that right now because the sun is already beating down on you and you kind of wish you were back under the protection of the leaves (laughs) of the trees. But the people, their dark hair is coiled around their necks and they have these hats on. They see you emerge from the trees. They look at you in surprise and then back at each other and you can hear them talking in a, a language that sounds like singing. I gather they don't see people come out of this jungle very often. We are the jungle spirits. We come to haunt you. (laughs) After a moment, a tentative person who looks almost terrified steps forward and begins to speak in his language. He says something in a long sentence, and none of you has a clue what he's saying. I shrug my shoulders, and I look kind of fuzzled. Um, Bakongo, do you recognize... 
this language or these people at all? I do not, but I will defer to him. And he points to Asimaris, who is, he's looking at the man as he's speaking. And then he says a couple things in some tones that seem utterly foreign on his lips. The person stands quizzically looking at Asimaris and then says something and Asimaris smiles and says something else. Before you know it, they're having a fairly one-sided but still smooth conversation between them. And after a moment, after maybe a couple minutes of this, Asimaris turns, spreads out his hands to you, and he says, I think we have a place to stay for a little while, if we choose. Excellent. Wow, that was amazing, Asimaris. Can you teach me some of that language? you, You know this language? I have never heard it before. What? How are you able to speak with him? It is, I guess, a gift. (laughs) We need to keep you with us, clearly, from now on. He just has comprehend languages cast on him at all times. I do not know if that would be best for me. I have much work to do. But it has been helpful for me to be able to speak with people of other countries, to gain their ideas, to learn from them, and it has made traveling so much easier. I... I don't understand how I can do this, but it is very helpful. But he, this is the elder of the village. He has invited us to eat with them, but he has some concerns. He says we come from the place of the, of the wicked one. Does he, does he mean the jungle? He thinks we come from the jungle? No, it seems much more specific than that. I think it has to do with that temple. Hmm. Oh, so he, he thinks that we're from the temple. It would seem so, kind of are. No, we're not. We just stayed there for one night. We came from that location to I understand, but we need to explain. Can you explain to him in summaries that we were just passing through? We we didn't come from the temple. I will try. And he turns and begins to speak again and again. The conversation swells, but you can tell that it's becoming less one-sided as the conversation goes on. And his summaries is now sounding very confident in what he's saying. It's amazing to watch somebody snap to a language like this. And then before you know it, he's actually, you can hear him growling and making some animal sounds. And after a bit, the man, the village elder, claps his hands and he looks delighted. And Asimri says, I guess we have just delivered this village from the beast that would stalk them. They were terrified of that thing we killed there. Oh, the wicked one. I see. Oh. Yes, it's, it seems that we have we have saved their village. You have saved <laughs> us. <laughs> we are eternally grateful. <laughs> they they definitely want us to stay for a little while. Maybe, maybe just long enough to eat. Great. You can smell food cooking. They were already preparing for a communal midday meal. People were coming in from the fields, uh, the small crop field that they have down at the other end of the of the clearing. Uh, you can smell meat roasting. You can smell a, a new smell to you, but it's the smell of rice boiling mm. and some other things. But it's it smells delicious, whatever it is. And we've been walking in the heat all day, too. Yes. Uh, in fact, that's made you more fatigued than anything. Yeah. Even though you've probably only covered a distance of about... Four or five miles. It's taken it you. Ever, hard fought four or five miles. It's taken you about that many hours Yikes. to get that distance. What is, what is that white stuff? 
is that maggots? The Simris talks to the person, and after a moment, he says, Oh, no, no, no. Look. And he picks it up. He says, It's a grain. Eat. And mm. you, you eat it. The It's immediately that ricey flavor, but it's got a hint of a sweetness to it. They apparently have added some other things to it, and it tastes delicious. It's You can tell you're going to like it. What kind of meat? It seems like it's a pork. Yes. <laughs> Your spirit animal. <laughs> pork is his spirit animal. Pork meat. Pork meat comes charging through the forest. Most of pork meat arises. <laughs> and rice is my spirit guide. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to I'm going to find the place to sit down, I guess, and pull out my water skin and drink some. Okay. And get ready for this meal. It's coming up. There are other things on a little trestle table that's been set out, but no one sits at the table. They're actually sitting cross-legged on the ground, and they have little wooden bowls that they've apparently carved out of the trunks of trees and things that they pass around, and it's a very communal meal. They use sticks to eat with. It's an interesting thing that you've never thought of before, but they use them to pinch the food and eat it. I am straight up skewering food and, like, eating it. (laughs) Good luck with the rice. (laughs) All right. Uh... I'm going to place myself near the village elder and sit by him okay. to eat. As you do, why don't all three of you give me a perception check? I'll roll for thump. I'm going to use my hand to eat my food. 14. <laughs> 10 total. 13. Thump is actually the one who sees it. Blast. You see him looking at the central building. Let's see. We'll say he's sitting next to you, Tira. Mm-hmm. He shakes you as you're trying to make conversation somewhat with the village elder. I just wanted to sit by him. Okay. He puts his hand on your shoulder and he points over at the central building. What is it, Thump? And I look in the direction he's pointing. He gives you the smell of fire and then he points at your... Oh, we don't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's on the list. It just hasn't been deciphered. <laughs> he points at your axe, the handle of your fancy axe. Okay. The handle, it has stones in it, doesn't it? It has star stones in it. And then he points back at the building, and you see that glint of the sun on the building. <gasps> is it made of star stones, or it has star stones like, in Stuck it? Stuck into the mud. Okay. The mud has obviously been baked by the, by okay. the strong sun. I say, those look like star stones. But as you look closer, you can see these are actually larger pieces of star stone than you have. They, they seem very big in comparison to the little almost shards that you have. Mm-hmm. Like about like brick size, you think, or bigger? Uh, some of them brick size, but some quite a bit larger. Wow. <laughs> Peter's <laughs> drooling around his food. That me, I, I, I wonder, Simris, can you ask them where they got these? Is there like a quarry of this stuff around here? I am listening intently. He begins talking to the elder. He's sitting on the left side of the elder. And after some conversation, Asimris leans back behind the elder and says to the four of you, he says it comes from a place far to the north. There are lots of legends about it, and these have been in this village for generations. They have stories about them. They, they say they are pieces of the stars that came down. What is this building? He said it was a shrine. Is to there whom? anything inside? If there is, we are not permitted there. It is sacred to them. Mm. Are we allowed to walk around the building? 
he asks, and after a moment he says, "You are permitted to walk around the village. You have freedom here no, we for the baby. service for the service you have rendered." But he says this is off limits. We are not allowed inside. I don't want to walk into the building. I want to walk around the outside. If we can walk it sounds like the, that's fine. If yes. we can walk oh. around the village, then we can walk around that okay. building. All right, so I'm going to get up and start walking towards the building. I'm going to reach over and you grab hear, the food that she didn't eat and <laughs> yeah. put it on you my You hear plate. the crowd gasp. <gasps> Simri says, you stood before the elder. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just me standing up well, I mean, difference? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, she said, stand up. <laughs> okay, you get up and you begin walking around the village. Uh, you're just making a circuit around the central building. Yes, I want to walk around the Starstone building. Okay, just to, I want to get a closer look at them. And yeah, you're seeing pieces that range in size from the length of a brick to maybe the the upper part of your leg. They're sizable. They've been worked into the fabric of this building and seem to have been there for a long time. Are they different colors? No, they all seem to be uniformly silvery gray. What happens if you put your hand on one of the stones? He's going to make me do it. Because <laughs> he wants, I'm going, I'm he going wants to, do to it. see the villagers get up and start hacking into me. Oh, well, actually, no, I'm going to sit and watch. My eyes are huge. You begin to reach out your hand. And as you get close, you can feel the hair on your arm stand up. Mm. And there's a hum. It doesn't. You're not sure if it's actually audible or if it's just inside your head. But as you reach forward, you can hear this sound. It's like a jolt of electricity, and it's very uncomfortable. I quickly retract my hand. There was a blush of topazy color creeping into the stone, but as you remove your hand, it seeps back out of the stone. Something about these stones is beginning to concern me. Is anyone with me? No, I I believe you're just by yourself. I am watching her. All right, so maybe kind of muttering to myself, but I guess it's just sort of an inner monologue. It just seems like every time we encounter these, it gets more and more sinister. It, we got the stones from the stag. It, it seems like it was meant to be almost, but everything we've encountered since then is just feels off, feels wrong. Meanwhile, the Simris is talking with the village elder. The elder has been keeping his eye on you somewhat just to make sure you're not Trespassing. Defacing their building. Yeah. But after a moment, Asimris leaps up and he speaks with a couple of other villagers. And within moments, they have gotten a wagon. He hops up on the wagon and they begin to rumble toward one of the side paths. There are paths leading out of this clearing. He waves back and he says, I will be back shortly. I'm following. I'm going with them. Okay. Peter, you're going with them. I, I'm just kind of standing back from the building uh, with a troubled look on my face. Okay. I just kind of, you know, without taking my eyes off of the stone I almost touched, I just kind of wave, okay, and stand still. Gotcha. Not supposed to be splitting up. He's not one of the original three, though. <laughs> no, but if Peter's going with him. I'm too distracted right now. If you want to object, you can. The Congo follows after the wagon and eventually climbs up, but they are making their way out of the clearing. Peter, you're going with them? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bash? I'm eating. Okay. The wagon rumbles for a long time, and before you know it, within maybe an hour, 
you hear the sounds of surf again. Basically, between Asimri's, Bakongo, the small group that has come with the wagon, and Peter, they begin to raise the apparatus and put it on the wagon. Mm. And with a lot of effort, the the oxen are straining, they're poking them with sharp sticks, and they're shouting encouragement and everything. The The wagon, of course, is weighted down with the weight of this heavy metal object, and the wheels are digging into the sand, but they're able to begin to make progress. And basically, the, the two of you and Thump are left in the village. You're, they're gone for hours. But when they come back, it's almost a triumphant procession. You see the villagers who accompanied the wagon just even still after being gone for hours and seeing what they've seen for so long they come back and their eyes are just wide with wonder they've never seen anything like this before the wagon rumbles into the middle of the village and there sits the apparatus in all its broken glory <laughs> asimris hops down and he says we've rescued it i think we can do something with it now Oh, great. We can melt I it all down. I haven't been standing by the building this entire time. <laughs> Just standing there. I said I haven't been standing by the building this entire yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> I assume that you maybe went back and ate some more or talked yeah. or tried to talk right. with Bash or something. Yeah. You busied yourself. Um, so that's it. You're all back together again. The apparatus is lying there again on its side because the whole right side of the legs collapsed and it just yeah. it's got this really lopsided look to it. I'm going to walk over to the building. And I'm going to stand in front of one of the walls, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to sit down, right down on the ground, right, right in front, you know, right there, and cross my legs. And I'm going to have both of my hands out, and I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to put both hands onto the wall. You begin to vomit immediately. I'm going to keep my, my hands there. Your, the whole front of you is just covered in all the food you just ate, plus whatever you've ingested over the last couple days, I'm whatever's left in your system. There. And then your head begins to undergo extreme pain. I want you to roll me a constitution check. Nope. I'm going to do a luck point. Yeah. Rolled a two. Fifteen. You take 11 points of damage. Power like you've never felt before arcs through your body. It almost feels like the bones of your arms are going to snap. Okay. Do I notice any of this happening? You see him sitting there. He, you, see, you hear the sound first right. of him just retching. He <laughs> <laughs> kind of goes over there, sits down, puts his hands just like... <laughs> and then, and then you, you hear the sound of his spine cracking up and, up and down the length of it. And he, he is arched back and his head is just like back. His, okay. The cords of his neck are straining. And he just has the stuff running down the sides of his mouth, just the, the remains of his meal. All right, I run over and I say, Bash, stop. What are you doing? He cannot hear you. His eyes are rolled back in his head. My hands, can I grab my, him? My hands I are grab still on the... Uh... Pull him back? You can. I'm going to grab a hold of him by the shoulders and try and wrench him backwards. Okay, you wrench him back. He retains his seated posture. Yeah. His legs are stiffly crossed yeah. and they're just up in the air now. And smoke is rising from his palms. Bash, what happened? What are you doing? 
I have, I have uh, basically once I heard the sound, I started rushing over, and I assume I arrived just in time for Tara to run to like pry him off the wall. Yes, bash, bash, and so is he? Is he looking at me? Can he see me? His eyes are still rolled back. He's convulsing. All right, I'm gonna slap him. Say, bash, bash. Roll a a, a four, four sided die. Cure cure wounds on my hand. No, not wow. like I'm trying. I mean, the, the kind of like trying to bring him around. Yeah, bash, bash. It seems like you're gone for a while. And then it's cut. Have you ever almost fainted? No. Yes. Okay. It's like suddenly the edges of your vision are clearing and then it gradually works toward the middle part of your eyes. And then sounds seem to come back to you. It's like you were gone. You're drifting away from yourself and now you're back. Don't touch that building. Are you all right? I, I don't know. I'm currently looking at the building with interest. They're, the villagers are murmuring and they're kind of grouping together and talking amongst themselves quietly. It doesn't sound unfriendly, but it does sound concerned. Did the building walls change color when my hands were on it? They were a deep, dark red. Absolutely. So just like Smoothie. Yep. All right. So is he kind of relaxed a, a bit his muscles are a bit relaxed i'm gonna try and tip him back onto the ground and onto his side i need water your okay. chest hurts badly i need i need water here here here's my water skin i just pull it from my from my side and, and i pour some in my hand and try and tip it into his mouth <coughs> here, you wretch again slowly slowly <coughs> why did you do that why didn't you let go I couldn't let go. You couldn't? I was locked there in that position. <coughs> Here, slowly, take some more. I know how you feel. Who are you? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Who am I? Ever since uh, that, in, the, in that valley in, with the Marda job, remember? When I kind of healed... Everyone. The valley with the what? The Marda Ajab. The guys with the rotting flesh. Did we ever say their names? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Dad dad, dad told us. Okay, I'm just making sure that you're in it because you know stuff about this world having made it with Dad, and I want to make sure you're not inserting things that you know that Peter shouldn't. I didn't know that before we started the podcast. All right. I need to wash myself off. Yeah, you kind of do, son. They were the Marda Ajad. Ajad, uh uh-huh. No wonder. <laughs> Duh, no I, I thought you it. said. <laughs> Something else, yeah. Is there a place I can wash up? Uh, 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 uh. My chest, my chest hurts. You put your hand and your chest feels hot to the touch, even through your clothing. I, I need to, I need to wash off. I, I need to get to some water. Were we near that, um... The stream that we stopped at that went along our path, is that near enough to the village for us to go down to? Or is They like have a, a water well? source here, yeah, okay. absolutely. All right, so I'm going to... Here, Peter, help me, help me get him up. Okay. And we'll take him over to the well, but slowly. When I get over to the water area, I start taking off my clothes and start... So I'm going to take the bucket and dump it over my head and kind of wash my wash mm-hmm. myself off. I'm facing away from the uh the people, but I really don't care. Mhm. Mm-hmm. 
And then I take the bucket and I hold up my clothes and like wash off any stuff off the... um, Why don't you put on something else until these dry out? I still have my old habit. Are you wearing your armor or are you wearing the habit? Wearing my armor. Okay. You're very uncomfortable. I am very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bash has other clothes. You can put on his desert clothes or something, right? That is true. You still have your desert clothes. Yeah, that's true. All right. After I um, rummage around his pack and you have both the traveling clothes and the dress clothes. Yeah. You reach in to grab. So what we need is action figures. Right? Yeah. Just like the old Star Wars oh, figures you had. Bring mine. You had Hoth Han and yeah, yeah. Bespin Han and <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we can sell them. Yeah, we've got to accessorize. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Your very own bash action figure. <laughs> With actual vomiting action. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so I'm going to put on my um my um dress clothes while my animal skins. skins are drying off. You are starting to feel some of the raggedness of your experience leaving you. What time is it? But you feel very weak. It is probably around one in the afternoon by now. Good grief. How early did we get there? Because they were gone for hours getting the apparatus. That's true. I forgot about that. It is probably four or five in the afternoon. Um, And I have none of that potion that was uh, concocted. I have some of that? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask if I can go someplace and just take a couple of drops of that. One of the villagers, through Assemories, learns of what you're asking for and leads you to their hut. Uh, and you sit inside. It's, it feels actually surprisingly cool inside. Something about the way they've done the ventilation. It, it, between the roof and the wall, there's a mesh of reeds that they've put up and it allows airflow right through the building and it just draws out the heat from it and you feel quite comfy all right i'm gonna uh sit down and cross uh actually i'm gonna lay down i'm just gonna sit up a little bit though and i'm just gonna take a real quick sip or a swig of that potion and uh, i'm gonna close my eyes and lay back and as i close my eyes i start to descend and slip and I find and I look down and I can see the top of that mountain, mm-hmm. that place that I, I, right. I have chosen. And I slip down and then my feet gradually touch the sweet, dewy, cool grass. And then I'm going to sit in, uh, with my legs crossed, head down, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some, some meditation. I'm going to have both of my hands over, over my chest area within this mm-hmm. uh, s- different plane, so to speak. Good. Wamberbash, you are... Just drifting into that alternate place. And Tira and Peter, I, you know where he's gone. Yeah. It's not a surprise. And you're talking with Thump and Isimaris and Bakongo quietly, trying to figure out what's going on, what, what to do next. When you hear the jangle of harness coming from one of the other pathways leading into this village, and four figures on horseback emerge from the trees... And stand there surveying the scene. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Not any distinguishing characteristics about these four horsemen of the apocalypse. We will get to that next time. So, I want to read to you before we get to the experience points. This is what I had for the village. Jungle village. Sub-bullet point. Shrine decorated with large pieces of starstone. A bullet point that I won't read because you didn't get there. Another bullet point. 
if asked for directions to go to Tuonue Point Southwest toward a looming mountain, which you know it's southwest anyway. Sub-bullet point, Asimaris gets villagers to help bring apparatus to the village. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) So this village, we built it together with you asking questions. I really like that. I can see it. I can see the the bright sunlight shining down on these reed huts and everything. Yeah. It's neat. I'm I'm enjoying telling this story together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Me too. Okay. Experience points. Yes. You get a point for discovering the village. You know through a summaries that this village is called Chunang, with a G at the end. Chunang. And <laughs> for recovering the apparatus. <laughs> Which we didn't really do. It was just kind of a thing you I said. I think Peter should be the only one to, to he, get one. Yeah, so that's Peter, the one Peter gets two to go. for going with that. And I'm afraid that's going to be about it for given experience. So let's yeah. talk Norse battle. I guess points for a summaries for finding out what the oh um, so any points Tira for deciding to touch the shrine. I didn't decide to touch this. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I didn't. I didn't actually though. She got close and got unnerved by it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought. I thought she like touched it, like got an electric jolt ish thing. Was she got, just in time I got for near the, it. She got close. Yeah, I got you did. That's oh. when it seemed to zap her. Oh, I thought she like poked it or something. left her feeling unsettled. Right. Yeah. Um. Next up, we make a full body suit of star stone. <laughs> Something's off with these star stones. They're getting they're getting evil. It's magic. It's magic. It's just weird. You know, the first ones we got, it was like, oh, you feel this warmth spread through your body, and you hear your song, and everything's wonderful, and you feel connected to the universe. And everything, every single one we've gotten since then, it's been like you put them together and you feel sick. You put them together and you feel evil. You, you know, it's like. Well, I mean, when we got our first star stone, it was just one little star stone that was handheld. But ever since then, it was like more and more star right. stone. So maybe we're not supposed to, you know, well, that's what I'm shove saying. all the sticks and of dynamite yeah, But they together. are shards or pieces of a whole. So why would you not be supposed to put them together? You see what I'm saying? Like yeah, in other words, they were they were together at some point. It's really weird. Something's ha- either something's happened to them, or we're not thinking of them correctly, and we need to kind of change our thinking about them. I just figured it out. You just figured it out. I know what it is. You lie like I'm, a I'm no, I know what it is. What 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 is? I think we have to either hum or sing or something in conjunction with holding star stones together or something like that and do like the frequency or resonance of whatever singing every time we have a stone and we sort of use it we hear music right so if we were to sing or hum or some type of music along with the stone we might be able to control it better maybe multiclassing with a bard now i don't know anyway i mean yeah, I don't know what else to, what no, else to give really uh, points. Okay. But role-playing, anything that was particularly good? My inner monologue about the Star Stones? I don't know. That was about two sentences worth. And yeah, sure, go ahead. Oh, My concern Sorry. for Bash. I mean, he was clearly freaking out. I ran over there while Peter was just like, Star Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you take one? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So this was, I guess, another flavor episode. Yeah. Learning more about the world, so to speak. But I hope you had a good time. I hope oh, you yeah, enjoyed absolutely. it. Man, 
I have a feeling the next episode, things are going to happen, so I never got a full rest. <laughs> and you're now in another place. Uh, honestly, yeah. I- I've broken myself out of it before, but I had to kind of feel something happening in real life for yeah. me to think I should break myself out of it, so I don't know. Should be interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens next time when we get there. Let's go ahead and have the recap. All right. Tira is 79 points into level five. Wamberbash is one point into level six. Peter Greyhawk is 88 experience points into level five. But I want to thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode, learning a little bit more about the world of Vardalon and in particular coming to the continent of Daohuin. And we hope you'll continue with us on our journey as we come back next time here at Stack of Dice. Yes, those, those look like star stones, like what we've been, like what we have. Ugh. Start that sentence over. Please what do. we have carried with us. Yes. Those do look like the star stones. We've been <laughs> Yes, thumb. Those do look like stars. <laughs> I can't do it now. Yes, thumb. Those do look like stars. Yes, stones. I see them. <laughs> yeah, like like a mom talking to two year old. Yes, honey, I see them stars. But it's like we we have. You're right. No, um, those look. Like, I can't say anything now. <laughs> just, just, don't, just don't look at me. Just, just, just. <laughs> those do look like the stars. <laughs> Is this going to be the extended outtake? Yes. Yes, I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. You have? For the giggles, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile. (laughs) Seven years later. (laughs) Michael's thinking, I've got to get home tonight sometime. One week later. Okay, you got it now. Ready? Come on, go. (laughs) 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 You hungry? I'm hungry. Hey, hey, that Thai that Thai place that was it the Fo Fo That's Vietnamese. Vietnamese. <sighs> so <laughs> it's still food. All right, sneak it in there. Let's go. Those. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> yes, Thump. Those look like the stones. That's exactly what you sound like, what? too. <laughs> not what I sound like. All right. <clears throat> yes, yeah, stop. Don't mind stop. Why is she so nasally? <laughs> Have you not heard her talk? <gasps> Did you hear what he just said about you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're sorry, folks. <laughs> This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Time to do one. Wait, stop. Those look like star stones. Yay! Woo! Wait a minute. We waited for that. <laughs> <laughs>